The Aggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Stockton. Open three. High schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It was just time. I, t- I tried to, you know, give give voice to that, and uh, it really isn't any more complicated than that. As far as trying to look into a, a lot of different, you know, reasons and things like that, I just felt like I got to a place where it was time. Wow, a new era for the Utah Jazz has begun. Well, at least will begin soon. Quinn Snyder calling it quits over the weekend. How was your weekend? Holy cow. Definitely uh, not short on topics today here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in. Joining us on a Monday, uh, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Got my friend Jason Walker hanging out with me today. How are you doing, Jason? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my weekend was also very exciting. Got very exciting really quick. I uh, was getting all ready for the NBA Finals, then all of a sudden I started forgetting about the NBA finals. Uh, I don't know if you can guess why, but yes, yes. Big news for Utah jazz fans everywhere. And look at the end of uh, when the, when the jazz got bounced out of the playoffs, I said, one of three guys will be gone by the start of next year, whether that's Quinn Snyder, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Quinn Snyder is gone. Honestly, it could end up being two of the three. True. Uh, and honestly, with some of the things Donovan Mitchell and his camp are putting out, it, it seems very possible that it could end up being two out of the three. But obviously, you were right. One of them was going, and one of them is gone already. <sighs> Crazy. So your reactions to the news that hit yesterday, Quinn Snyder, Ryan Smith, Danny Ainge met with the media today. We'll hear from them a little bit here on the show today. Uh, your reactions to that, uh, were you uh, surprised by the move? We'll throw out some of the names that are being discussed as potential candidates to replace Snyder. And uh, where do the Jazz go from here? Uh, On top of that, there was a game two in the NBA Finals, evening the series between Golden State and Boston. So we'll look at that briefly. And then Friday, I I didn't really give it the time that it deserved to discuss the Utah State football team players, but on the uh, uh, Athlon Sports all-conference team, who was on the list, who was off the list, who got snubbed, who should have been higher on the list. So there's a couple different things that we'll look at there. Uh, Jason and I will take a look at that. But if you want to chime in on any of these topics, we'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321 to chime in and join us. Uh, 2305 right at the top says, On the Doug Gottlieb Show, they did not even talk about news of the day. Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz. Uh, must not be much of a national story, or they don't cover it. Wondering what you think. Yeah, they. So I mean, I was listening to the Dan Patrick show in the morning. They mentioned it. Actually, mentioned it twice. Uh, they brought it up once, brought it up again. They seem to focus on the timing, based on the fact that Quinn Snyder wasn't going to be able to take the Lakers' job. They were wondering why he's doing it now because the Lakers' job is already filled. So why on earth is he stepping away now? 
it might be because Snyder's eyeing maybe the Spurs job. Greg Popovich may be looking at a final season or two. Uh, if this ends up being his final season, then Snyder's right there to take over because Snyder basically has to take a year off because, you know, with his contract not actually being up, he has to take a year off, which might make sense because he did just have surgery and he's still limping around literally yes. you know, recovering from that. So it lines up perfectly for Snyder's interest, which, and so it makes sense why it, it's been very clear that he's the one stepping away. He's not been fired. It's not a mutual parting of ways or, you know, since that's the new firing, nobody gets fired anymore. <laughs> it's a mutual parting of ways. Yeah, right. Um, so it, it, it clearly wasn't that in the press conference. They, they, they seem to make that clear and in all the press releases and whatnot. Snyder is making the choice to step away, and it makes sense for his personal interests, though I think it also benefits the Jazz in the end. Uh, how so? Well, it, it's not that Quinn Snyder is not a good coach, because I think he ends his tenure with, with Utah as the second-best coach in Jazz history. Um, he, he passed Frank Layden probably in the last couple of years with some of the great seasons he had, so it, it's not that he's a bad coach, it's that you know, all good things have to come to an end, and it's just the good times kind of have ended with him. You know, it's no longer a fit. And that's the, one of the biggest things in sports that people kind of ignore is that things have to fit right. Coaches will go to other places, and they're not successful. You know, Urban Meyer, he was able to make it work in a lot of places, but it didn't fit in Jacksonville. You know, Bill Belichick didn't fit in Cleveland, fit spectacularly in New England. So fit is a huge thing, and while it fit initially with Quinn Snyder, it's just no longer fitting. He no longer seems to have the locker room. He just doesn't seem to have control, and so it's just time for him to go. And that's just the biggest thing. It has to fit, and I just don't feel like it's fitting any longer. Yeah, and I think it's a good point. And I think that um, one thing, I, I, I got a lot of different sound bites from the presser today, but one I'm just now realizing that I didn't get was – uh, Danny Ainge emphasizing in multiple different occasions that, and even Ryan Smith too, that Utah did everything they could to keep Quinn. Like they made multiple efforts to try to figure out a contract that would that would get him to stay here. In fact, almost making him one of the highest paid coaches. They didn't disclose amounts, but reports are that what they were dangling in front of Quinn to get him to stay would have made him one of the highest-paid coaches in all of the NBA. And it wasn't about money and it wasn't about commitment, but for Quinn it was clear that he, he didn't see, and he said this a couple different times, he just didn't see that he was the guy to continue here in Utah. Yeah, and, and I think maybe if my, my pessimistic style may be showing when I say this, but I feel like there are things behind the scenes that are pushing him out because, you know, not things that are public, but – you know, maybe he doesn't have as much control over player personnel as he wants, or maybe he doesn't see a great future for the Jazz because right now it's looking like you could, you know, possibly be losing Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell may end up asking out. There's a lot of things that can go wrong really quickly for Quinn Snyder, and that would basically end with him getting fired anyway. So it's almost smart for him to get out ahead of this and try and end it where you know, he's ending on good terms. Um, and he's ending it on his terms. Yeah, and on his terms. So fans still. You know, they still love him. You know, there's some disappointment with his lack of playoff success. There, there's obviously some tension over that, but he is still loved by this fan base, and so it's better for him to go out here, line himself up for his next job when, like I said, things could go downhill fast for the Jazz if, you know, the stars start asking out. So he, in his statement on Sunday, said the team needed a new voice. 
according to some comments he made to Gordon Monson in an article in the Tribune, he said that he himself couldn't see a path forward. And when asked specifically on that, like, what did he mean by that? He really didn't shed any additional light other than doubling down on the team needed a new voice. Here's what Quinn had to say about couldn't not having that ability to see a path forward with the Utah Jazz. You know, there, there's a lot of thoughts that, that come to your mind, and, and it goes to the same thing that I, I mentioned before. That, you know, you, you try to be introspective and analyze and all those things, and I just got back to the same place. That it was just it was time. You know, it's time for the Jazz to move forward, time to meet, for me to move forward. It just made the most sense to me. And, you know, as I said before, I, as well as I can, or as much as I can try to articulate that, it's not something that, that's easily done. So he, he wouldn't really provide any more detail other than it was just time. So, but come on, there's got to be more than just that. I think it comes back to him probably having lost the locker room. I don't know if it's so much that they disliked him. It's more that maybe he was just kind of just complacency. They're not listening to him, listening to him as much anymore. And so that's when you say it's time for a new voice because sometimes it just comes to that. I mean, look at Boston. I mean, Brad Stevens, at one point, somebody seriously asked the question, if you were starting a franchise, would you rather have Brad Stevens or pick any NBA player? And people actually answered Brad Stevens in that case. So that's like Brad Stevens was God-level head coach. (laughs) Yes. And then he gets kicked up the stairs, and Yudoka comes in, and he's in the NBA Finals. Is Brad Stevens a bad coach? Heck no. But a new voice came in. He was able to kick him into gear, and things have worked out beautifully in there are plenty of other examples. I mean, Mark Jackson with the Warriors won 47, then 51 games. Steve Kerr comes in and, you know, all of that happened yeah. <laughs> the last the last eight years or however many it's been. Uh, the Raptors have had it happen to him. Uh, even the Jazz, you know, with Frank Layton, he was, he was the winningest head coach. He, you know, kind of steps into the front office, kind of similar to Brad Stevens in a way. And who do they replace him? It's one Gerald Eugene Sloan. So... That's that's what happens there. Good coaches go out, and sometimes you just need a new voice, and sometimes it fits. Like I said, it comes back to fit. Things just click. It's kind of random. It doesn't always work. These situations don't always play out, but a lot of times it can. It's all over NBA history where good coaches go out, a different guy comes in, and just happens to have more success. It's true. That's a great point. Uh, 2305 on our Gilmore – got to stop saying that – on our text line <laughs> – our full court press text line. Quinn said, if the gloves don't fit, I must quit. <laughs> oh, that, that's cute. There, there you go. That's, he's a poet. <laughs> yeah. Marketing back to some uh, O.J. Simpson trial days right there. Uh, 6865 on our text line. Mountain West should go after NAU. NAU just got a $47 million state-of-the-art training facility that could elevate all NAU athletics. Okay. Interesting. Is that... Are they uh, Northern Arizona? Northern Arizona. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Flagstaff. I mostly know of Northern Arizona because Utah State hockey plays them every year, and yeah, that's that's. And they also had a head coaching candidate back when um, Utah State hired. Oh, I just forgot his name. John Ralston. Uh, one of the other candidates was from from Northern Arizona. That's basically all I know about. <laughs> And I think they're the lumberjacks too. I think. Uh, yeah. I think so I know right. three things about Northern Arizona. They have a uh, a club hockey team. They once had a head coach who competed with John Ralston for the Utah State job, and they're the lumberjacks. <laughs> so I am an expert. Yes. Now you uh, you know more things about them than I do. 
Mountain West expanding. I don't know if NAU is makes the most sense. I mean, it, getting into the footprint of Arizona, fine, but uh, it, it's I hard think to bigger expand. markets would be better. It, it's hard to expand because there's a few teams that you could say, like, there's New Mexico State. They have a decent basketball program, and they've had a couple of good years with football, but you got to consider a lot more things than just their one good team or, you know, this or that. Yes. There's there's a lot to consider with expansion. Yeah, recruiting footprint, television market size, there's a lot. And I don't think NAU necessarily checks those boxes. Uh, going back to Quinn Snyder and the situation with um, him stepping down, uh, one of the things that stood out to me in the pressure today, by the way, if you want to go back and listen to the full press conference, I put it on uh, our podcast feed so you can go back and listen to it. It's about a 25 minutes of Quinn, Ryan Smith, and Danny Ainge um, making some opening statements, fielding questions. But um, one of the things that stood out to me uh, in the process or, or in the presser today was um, some of the comments from Danny Ainge. And here's a guy who has twice built uh, a basketball team and, and found really good coaches that have gone to the NBA Finals. You could say, oh, Brad Stevens had something to do with the team this year, but by and large, when you look at that roster that's in the NBA Finals right now for Boston, that's a roster that was put together by Danny Ainge. And he did it before with Paul Pierce and and uh, Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. So he's done it multiple times, gotten teams to the NBA Finals and put, put rosters together twice to do that. So... He's got experience about putting together high-level teams and finding good coaches. But this is a guy who stepped away from being a GM and is now kind of getting pulled into these kind of coaching searches once again. And I found it kind of interesting how he reacted to uh, now being pulled into um, this coaching search once again. And uh, the two comments on that I want to get. This is first, talk about uh, it will be a thorough search and um, how he has been kind of thinking about uh, other candidates that could potentially be the next head coach for the Utah Jazz. Now I'm in a position where I um, haven't really been looking to the same extent for those coaches. There's a lot of names I know I'm familiar with in the coaching world, but this will be much different than the, the two previous ones and probably more thorough. Uh, he said he knew Doc, played with Doc, played against Doc, and as, a, as he was in television, he kind of – Got the chance to scout uh, and get to know Doc Rivers in a different way. And then as uh, with the Brad Stevens situation, he was regularly scouting players and assistants. It was just part of his routine. He's been out of that routine and will have to be thrust into it again to help the Utah Jazz find their next head coach. Yeah, the hardest part about you know building a championship team or winning a championship or anything like that, the hardest part is doing it again. Because you assume you know how to do it, but maybe it just kind of, again, things just kind of fall in place. Uh, you may have a part in that, and other times you just get lucky. Uh, and the thing is, once you start getting the reputation for having the magic touch or the Midas touch, whatever you want to call it, that's usually when you start losing it. Because, um, again, you think you know how to do it, but maybe there was something you didn't know, you know that worked. It's like making a sequel to a movie. You think you know how to make a great sequel, but maybe you just don't really know what made the first movie magical. 
So I guess the most encouraging part about that is that you mentioned Danny Ainge has done this twice. He's built two championship rosters. So he's done it again. So maybe he can do it a third time, but the Jazz might be in a bit more of a difficult situation than some of those Celtics teams. Because the biggest thing for the Jazz is draft capital, which with both of the championship teams he built, he had that. Yes. The Jazz don't. They could get it, but it would require bottoming out because you got to trade stuff to get good draft capital. Yes, that's true. And here's here's his other comment about uh, some candidates that he's been thinking of because he, to his credit, since the end of the regular season, or since the end of the playoffs, at least started thinking about you know, what if. And I think a good GM has to be thinking, what if the coach does decide to call it quits? What are my options? And so he's been thinking about this possibility for a few weeks. I've spent spent some time contemplating the possibility. Always have when you know I've been through coaching searches a couple times before. Um, so I have my ideas, but we really haven't discussed it internally with the rest of the staff or with Ryan. And so I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I have a few, but I'm not sure I'd know them well enough to even give you their names. Or, but it's a very beginning of the process. I'd like to spend some time with Quinn and get his ideas even before he goes away. <laughs> that would probably be wise. He goes away, he's going to ride into the sunset, go yeah, like retire in Europe. And, again. Yeah, just going <laughs> to completely disappear off the map. Certainly, I think that sounds like I, I want to talk to Quinn about his current staff and guys who used to be on his staff because his input should be highly valued as to whether or not these guys are ready to take that next step a.k.a. Alex Jensen, Johnny Bryant, maybe others. I think it means he didn't want to provide any names and make headlines. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's mainly the reason, because he's probably has several names in his head. And In fact, um, The Athletic, their reporters, uh, Shams and Tony Jones, um, you know, working in tandem, they, I think there's seven names on this list they've put out yesterday. Maybe there's more names, but Johnny Bryant, Alex Jensen are both on that list. Uh, the former Blazers coach, Terry Stotts, and there's a bunch of assistant coaches, Will Hardy, Adrian Griffin, Charles Lee, and Kevin Young. Those are all names that have been brought up, at least, um, at least from more like official sources, so to speak. Um, kind of the favorites among there, I think, it's, it's Johnny Bryan, Alex Jensen, and Terry Stotts. Those seem to be the front runners, because um, two of them have heavy jazz connections, and the other a, was a pretty successful head coach. Who... Got to the Western Conference Finals, something Quinn Snyder was never able to do. Yeah, and it would be an interesting change of, of pace because you go to a guy who's definitely an offensive head coach. That was something he was really good at. So maybe that's kind of the thing you need with Donovan Mitchell is maybe change of pace to an offensive head coach, somebody who has a good offensive system. Maybe that can unlock another gear for Donovan Mitchell. Maybe he takes a step more toward being Damian Lillard, who – I always felt Damian Litter was a better comp for Donovan Mitchell than Dwayne Wade was because Dwayne has a lot more physicality and athleticism. And, you know, Damian Lillard is maybe more athletic than Mitchell. At least they're, they're more comparable height-wise and length-wise. And in some athleticism, Lillard obviously a much better shooter at this point, but he's also five years ahead of Mitchell. So that's kind of the career direction you'd probably want Mitchell to take. And maybe Stotts could unlock that from Mitchell. Great point. Uh, so, of the candidates, uh, is there one who stands out to you that you would prefer to be the next head coach of the Utah Jazz? Uh, your reaction to the news today? 
uh, actually broke Sunday, but then they met with the media today uh, about Quinn Snyder stepping down. And what does that mean for the future of the Jazz? 435-339-0321. Before we take a quick timeout, 9315 on our text line says, football is a driver for money in expansion. And that's true. Yeah, that, that is true. It goes a long way. So if you have a good football team, you know, that's probably what drove Boise State. I guess their football and basketball give them credit for that too. So, But, I don't know, is, is Northern Arizona, do they have a good football team? Yeah. I, I don't know. I like, don't know. Honestly, if they I do, I don't know then... the size of their stadium. We'll have to look it up during the break. Yeah. That's why I, I was really disappointed that the Mountain West didn't really make a push for UT San Antonio, um, who – was it's a reemerging football program. Uh, they had a nice stadium, a uh, big media market. It would have fit in really nicely with the Mountain West, but they let them and North Texas slip away, and I think those would have been great targets for the Mountain West expansion. Uh, all right, take a quick timeout. Love to continue to get your thoughts about uh, what happened with Quinn Snyder, the news of the Utah Jazz. Where do they go from here? Um, coaches that you'd like to see. And uh, how else does this change the future of the franchise? 435-339-0321, plus some reactions to what happened last night in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, and also more reactions to that Athlon Sports All-Mountain West teams that were released. 12 Aggies made the list. Who got snubbed and who didn't give get credit that they deserve? We'll discuss that coming up on the Full Court Press. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. I have been servicing, selling, and installing appliances for over 40 years. We have been a locally owned and operated family business since 1970. Daryl's offers you the most experienced service team in northern Utah and southern Idaho. Keep it simple with a one-stop appliance shop with service, sales, parts, and warranty needs all in one place. Our huge parts department has the right part when you need it. Remember, shop local for the best-priced appliances and quality service in the business. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. You lead a busy life. When do you have time to get your vehicle serviced? Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan can help. They're now open on Sundays to better serve you. If life is too hectic during the weekdays and Saturday is crazy like normal, go see them on Sunday. Get your oil changed and they'll also check other fluids and recharge your AC. Stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Open seven days a week across from Angie's. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750 It's happened to us all. Red punch, nail polish, coffee or paint. This is how with Northern Utah Chem Dry. What you don't realize is using your own methods can potentially lock in stains within the carpet. 
Chemdry's patented stain removal solutions have successfully removed stains all over Cass Valley. If we can't get it out, no one can. So next time you spill, call Chemdry of Northern Utah. Chemdry of Northern Utah. Chemdry of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. Happy Father's Day from Birch Creek Golf Course. For Dad this Father's Day, choose Birch Creek. Our 10 nine-hole punch passes are on sale, or get Dad a gift certificate that can be used for golf or golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff. Visit our virtual pro shop at birchcreekgolf.com for Dad this Father's Day and have your purchase mailed to you or Dad. So for Dad this Father's Day, I invite you to choose Birch Creek Golf Course in Smithfield. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I know that he's going to be coaching somewhere else in the near future, next year probably, and be the most wanted coach out there. He's well respected in the NBA uh, by all of his peers. That's Danny Ainge talking about uh, Quinn Snyder, even predicting that he'll be coaching next year, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because, and I guess maybe he can, because it's up to the Jazz whether or not Quinn coaches next year because they're because con- he's under contract for another year. The Jazz are allowed to keep him from coaching. They could block somebody's yeah. attempt to hire him. Yeah, it's not like college where they just leave and they go coach somewhere else. In the professionals, you know, at least in the NFL and NBA, if you just opt out of your contract, you have to wait a year. That was part of the conversation with uh, Sean Payton. So my thoughts are Quinn's probably going to want to sit a year, but it is up to him. Right, and then he'll have the pick of the litter, whatever comes available. You may see coaches get fired just so they can get the chance at Quinn next yeah. year. That's why I, I think it's funny that, like I said, Dan Patrick focused entirely on why didn't he quit before the Lakers job closed up. And it's because nobody should really want the Lakers job. Because <laughs> what you want is you want to be the next, like not, um, I've already forgotten his name. He was, he's that memorable. The, the, the new guy they just hired. Darvin Ham. Yeah, Darvin Ham. You want to be the guy after Darvin Ham because that's the guy that will be more set up for success because Ham's going to get fired in a few years most likely because things are going to crap. So he'll get fired. You want to be the next guy. It's kind of like you didn't necessarily want to be the guy after Jerry Sloan. You want to be the guy after Ty Corbin, which Quinn was, and he was right. much more set up for success. Yes, very true. Just like there was some trepidation about replacing Stu Morrill up here uh, yeah and yet kind of the same situation where yeah. uh it was basically an impossible task moving into the mountain west i mean they were two years into it but you're replacing a legend so you want to be the guy after the legend which craig smith was yes so put his own stamp on things yeah so uh quinn snyder calling it a day um saying that he couldn't find a, a path forward to his time for a new voice donovan mitchell Shortly after this news breaks yesterday, basically saying through different channels that he was unnerved by uh, the announcement. Um, I, that I mean, does that shock anybody else? That the, the terms that were used to describe Donovan Mitchell's reaction to the Quinn Snyder news. Um, to me, it, it was You're telling. A Sorry. So. 
because this I think Don was probably the first person to react, at least like from the NBA. Uh, no other players or coaches. I mean, maybe there were some press releases from the Jazz. I don't know exactly when the Jazz officially announced it, but Donovan, that, that report you know, that came through Woj was basically the first major reaction. Not two hours after the news had come out, Woj had already published something from Donovan's camp, basically. And when you read that article that Woj wrote, it reads like a press statement that Donovan's camp wrote and put on Woj's desk and said, please publish this. Well, it should be noted that the people who represent Donovan Mitchell also represent Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN. Yeah, and that, that is a huge connection. That's why I think it was just so fast for them and why it's it reads so much in it, – it's done trying it, – it's him playing his cards, and there's honestly two possible ways he could be playing this. One is he's trying to – you know, throw his weight around and potentially handpick his next, next, the next head coach of the Jazz, saying, "I want to be the guy that picks the next head coach. I want to have all the power." That that's not a very good scenario, but it's honestly the better of the two situations because the other one is he's throwing his weight around potentially, uh, or he could be positioning himself after this to move out. He's using this as a pretext to ask for a trade. Because when you say he's surprised and disappointed and also unsettled, unnerved, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future, that sounds like he could very easily parlay that into a, a trade-out, saying, oh, you traded my coach, now I want out. Well, isn't it interesting that the reason for Quinn Snyder calling it a day is that the team needed a new voice and I couldn't see a path forward, and then we hear this from Donovan Mitchell who appears to be unsettled, unnerved, and wondering about the franchise future. Yeah. It's like, I think I'm seeing what's adding up here to what why Quinn Snyder was seeing a, dif- a difficult time moving forward when your star is reacting like that. Yeah, and, he, and he's, he's trying to get more power because I think maybe during the season he was trying to you know, push and prod and needle where he's trying to be the guy they build around rather than Rudy Gobert. That's why so many of these potentially trading Rudy Gobert things are coming out because Donovan seems to be making it clear he doesn't want to play next to him anymore. So so we looked at the candidates uh, that are out there, potential coaching candidates, and I think a few of those stand out in my mind as um, there's solid candidates among them, but uh, just overall. But I think that some of them also stand out because of the connection to Donovan Mitchell. Terry Stotts, as you said, uh, the way he's coached Damian Lillard could bring that same philosophy and should highlight Donovan Mitchell in his style. Um, Johnny Bryant, he and Donovan Mitchell were very close. Johnny Bryant was a, is regarded as one of the key guys to help in Donovan's development before he left to go to New York. Um, but um, I also think that the Alex Jensen is uh, a candidate as a is a really intriguing candidate too because he's been in the system he's been around the guys and he's known as a development guy and the team really seemed to to respond well to him when he when he uh, subbed in for Quinn when he was sick earlier this year yeah that that was those games were definitely positive I'm hesitant on Alex Jensen mainly because I'd want to know if he is going to be like a real difference because again the the key I've said is not so much Quinn's bad it's that you need a new voice well Alex Jensen just kind of be Quinn 2.0 or just just like Quinn 
Maybe not because he is an entirely different person, and when you're an assistant, you don't really get to assert your own thing. So he could be a completely different coach, and it could be just fine. But I am hesitant because it's just an assistant under Quinn Snyder, so it could just be more the same. So there's a bit of hesitancy on my part, but I will admit there is obviously the possibility that he could be exactly what the Jazz need. Yeah, it's true. Or maybe uh, Griffin, uh, somebody who's currently with the Toronto Raptors, uh, apparently has interviewed with Utah Jazz before. And so he's already on their radar, has been on their radar before. Um, but remember, when the Utes were looking for their next head basketball coach, they were really going after both Johnny Bryant and Alex Jensen. Um, but Quinn Snyder, he did whatever he could to keep Alex Jensen on his staff. Yeah, and it's possible that he I think the one of the big talking points was that maybe he was setting Alex Jensen up to replace him as head coach or saying, you're going to get a head coaching job soon. Maybe not with the Jazz because Johnny Bryant, he's he's going to end up with a head coaching gig sometime in the next five years, Jazz or somebody else. And so like these, these guys, they're going to get head coaching jobs. And so maybe they didn't want to maybe take the step down to college when it wasn't necessary because they were already on the fast track toward getting a head coaching job. Yeah, they had solid NBA resumes, and they were going to be head coaches sooner or later. Uh, talking about the NBA, shifting away from Quinn Snyder for a moment. Uh, game two last night, Golden State, Boston, close first half. Golden State goes on a tear in the third. And unlike game one, where Boston rallied and made some differences, and, and they came back with a flurry in the fourth, Golden State was able to hold court and keep them at bay. What did you see or some of the – the bigger differences between game two and game one or just look, it's golden state. They got a lot of talent on that team. Well, I was about to say when you're describing the game, I was like, we're talking about game two, right? <laughs> Cause it was, it was game one. It was deja vu. Cause like I said, first half it was close. I think Boston had a lead in the, in at the end of the first half in game one. Um, and then big third quarter. And, and it really just came down to the fact that it's really hard to pull off those kind of comebacks again, you know, in Boston, Maybe they, it just felt like they ran out of gas. And maybe that comes down to experience. They don't quite know how to grind out a win in the NBA Finals, whereas the Warriors have been here time and time and time again. So, you know, in game one, Boston was able to just kind of rally back and they, you know, they made a big push. They're an incredibly talented team and incredibly talented teams can do that kind of thing. But the re- there's a reason that, that kind of comeback has only ever happened once in NBA Finals history. So, it wasn't surprising that it didn't happen again, and maybe this time the Warriors, you know, they were paying attention to the things Boston did and were able to stop them. I mean, Al Horford had, I mean, how many points in game one? He had two in game two. Yeah, so six yeah. threes and didn't even attempt the three-point shot. Yeah, last so night. they did a lot better job on him, and I think the mistake for the Celtics is in game one, they really struggled to guard Steph Curry. Like, they didn't really pay as much attention to him as they should have, there were several times where he got left wide open because they they weren't treating him like Steph Curry should be treated. You don't ever leave him open. And there was one play where he walked into a wide open three point shot, um, you know, off a of make on the other end. He just walked up the court, shot a three. You don't let Steph Curry do that. <laughs> you let me do that on the pickup court. <laughs> right. So, and, and it happened again in game two. They kept doing that. Steph Curry kept getting good looks because they just aren't treating him like Steph Curry needs to be treated. And it's frustrating because the Celtics have all the tools to guard the Warriors. They have incredible versatility, one through five. They have guys off the bench that can defend really well. Like the one 
mediocre defender on their teams like Peyton Pritchard. And he's actually playing really good defense this series so far. He's being an absolute bulldog out there guarding, you know, a lot of times Jordan Poole or Steph Curry or, you know, their other guards. So they should be able to guard them really well, but they just aren't. I, I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I, and I think that um, I think part of it too might be the fact that Golden State may have, may have been a bit surprised with Boston's physicality and aggression in Game One, and that they were getting away with it, and then they matched that, and they were the aggressors in Game Two, and took some of that away from Boston, and certainly it created some controversy. We in the second quarter saw the Jalen Brown, Draymond Green fiasco out on the three point line, and there was debate. You know, was that uh, should that have been the second technical on Draymond Green for what he did and how he acted, or do you let him play and, and keep the players in, in the game? But this is how Jalen Brown described what went on and, uh, and the aftermath of, of what took place out on the three-point line in the second quarter. Uh, in that situation, uh, Draymond fouled me on a three, then put his legs on my head or whatever. I tried to get up, you know, um, but that's what they're going to do. That's what he's going to do. He's going to try to muck the game up, try to raise a level of intensity. Um, we got to raise ours. Uh, I feel like they got away with a lot tonight, um, but we got to come ready to play, um, come ready to meet that, meet that physicality uh, on both ends. I'm just curious in that moment, back on the Draymond play, when you're kind of going back and forth with him, are you aware that he has one technical already? Uh, no, uh, not really. I'm just trying to play basketball, and I feel like that was an illegal play. Um, I feel like they could have called it, but they let it go um, in terms of uh, a technical on, on either way. But I don't know what I was supposed to do there. Like some guy, he got your, their legs on, on the top of your head, um, and then he tried to pull my pants down. I don't know what that was about, but you know that's what Draymond Green does. He'll do whatever it takes to win. He'll pull you. He'll grab you. He'll try to muck the game up because um, that's what he does for their team. It's not nothing to be surprised about. Not nothing I'm surprised about. He raised his physicality um, to try to stop us, and we got to raise ours. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Okay, I do have to comment on the strength <laughs> of Jalen Brown's pants by the fact that Draymond just about pulled himself up completely using Jalen Brown's that pants, a, and they didn't come down uh, at that's all. That's a, twi- a tight waistband there, <laughs> it's like, yes. It's crazy. It was remarkable. Cause I watched like. That that is that was pretty insane, but yeah, it it maybe should have been a technical. Um, and I know one of the comments on the broadcast, I heard about it afterwards. I tend to watch these games on mute because I don't like listening to the commentators. Um, but apparently they said like, you know, maybe don't call it because it's the second technical, and you got to be aware of that. And I'd say that's kind of bull crap. Um, Either it is or it isn't. I don't, yeah. I don't know why we have to weigh other considerations. It's either uh, an illegal, aggressive foul, an illegal act, or it's not. Uh, based on other circumstances of the game, I don't know why we take that into account. Yeah, it's like you see that in soccer, too, where they one player has a yellow and they make another foul. I say, well, that's not a second yellow card foul, just like you know, in this case. Oh, it's not a second technical foul. Okay, there's no such thing as first and second technical fouls. There are technical fouls and everything else. <laughs> yes. So that's it's either a flagrant foul yeah. or a technical foul or a common foul. I mean, do we judge common fouls based on how many other fouls somebody might have? Yeah, it, it's, no. 
Well, they do that too because they say, "Well, is that a sixth foul or a fifth foul?" <laughs> or they do that. Although, to be honest, like I, I've been a referee. Like, it, um, it, it was small time. I didn't. I did like freshman, sophomore, high school basketball. But it does enter your mind because one time I gave a technical to a coach, and there was another time he pushed it, and I was like, uh. <laughs> "I was you know, in my mind is like, ah, well, I'll let it go." Because so that does enter a referee's mind. Although I would hope to expect more from these professional NBA referees than like nineteen-year-old me. So. I'll, I'll give them some of that as far as it is human to think that. Sure. Where you don't want to do that because then all of the fans are like, you know, don't let the referees insert themselves into the game, you know. It's like all those, uh, like Scott Foster, they say, you know, they make all those jokes about how he wants to be in the limelight. Right, right. So there is some of that in terms of being human, in terms of being a referee. But sometimes you just got to push past that. Yeah, I guess the thing that bothers me the most is that we get into the NBA Finals and Draymond Green and his antics seem to amplify. His feet seem to go in places that aren't normal for <laughs> flailing fleet feet You to mean go. it's not normal to put somebody right in the fork of their legs? Like, that's <laughs> that's not how you play basketball? He, he grabs and pulls uh, and acts shocked when he gets called on it. Uh, he's a really frustrating guy to watch, but he understands – what the refs are doing and what they're going to let go, and he's going to push the limits. Yeah, and, and that's the way it is. Like, when I was watching the game, I was, I was actually kind of enjoying it because I like it when more things – like, they get away with more things because uh, I don't like a lot of fouls called. So when there's physicality, like, you know, in the regular season, somebody, like, falls over or flails when they go shoot a, shoot a layup, there's, like, always a foul. But I was watching this game, and there are guys that are flying everywhere – and no fouls are being called, and I kind of like that. I, do, I agree. Yeah. I prefer. Let them play. Yeah, but the downside is that's when Draymond Green says, ooh, starts rubbing <laughs> his hands together. Yeah, He's like, all right, I'm going to start pulling people's pants down. I'm going to start flicking their ears and all just the little things that aren't really fouls, but they're incredibly annoying. You, know, you, you get up next to a player, and you start you know, chest bumping him and just not letting him get away and just getting up in his space. And all those little things that you start getting away with, because they're letting everything go. Right. And unfortunately, they usually, the referees catch their reaction, not the what instigated it. Yeah. And so that's also part of his shtick, is to get under your skin and get you to react. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another quick timeout here in the full court press. Again, if you want to weigh in, love to hear from me on our text line, 435-339-0321. But coming up next on the other side of the break, we'll talk about this Athlon Sports all-conference team for the Mountain West which Aggies got left off, who got the snub, or who didn't get recognized uh, to the same to the degree that they deserved to. So we'll take a look at that coming up next on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Also just want to remind you about Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Now, we are expected to get some really warm weather by the end of this week. And when it gets hot, that can be brutal on your vehicle. So check it uh, and have the fine people at the Valvoline Instant Oil Change take care of it at 695 North Main in Logan. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. 
online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands, Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room ready to get out there and play to win, but you see a player you don't recognize. They're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name, but who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, Mountain West Motor is Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership located at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs that are specially customized for your next adventure. Go check out their inventory today, 615 North Main in Logan, or check them out online, mwmotor.com. Okay, so on Friday, Athlon Sports released their all-conference teams, and for the Mountain West, they have four teams and uh, there were 12 Aggies named on the on the list, second only to San Diego State, who had 13. Yeah, Boise had 15. So oh, sorry, you're so right. Boise had 15. They were number one. Um, but um, fair representation of Aggies on these lists. So there were uh, we had there was one Aggie on the first team, and that's Alfred Edwards, they had, the third. Uh, they had. Constantly was on the special and teams. And then first special team, teams, yep, yeah. constantly was first team. Uh, there was three on the second team, uh, and that's Logan Bonner at quarterback, Calvin Tyler Jr. at running back, and Quazel White at offensive line. Then uh, there were two offensive players and one defensive player on the uh, third team. That's Justin McGriff at wide receiver, Chandler Dolphin at center, and uh, Byron Vaughns. Um, uh, as a defensive lineman. And then on the uh, fourth team, there were four Aggies on the fourth team. Uh, Brian Cobbs, a wide receiver. Hale Matuapuaka, defensive line. At linebacker, A.J. Vongpachan. And at safety, Hunter Reynolds. So 12 Aggies, it's a pretty good representation. Certainly more offensive players than defensive players. 
Um, but when you first saw this list, did you think somebody got left off or didn't get quite the recognition they deserve? Should have been higher on a list? So, well, like when I first saw the list and I saw everyone on, I thought, okay, that's probably about where everyone deserves to be. If you want to nitpick, you could probably move some guys up. You might be able to move some guys down. I don't think there are any bad snubs. There could be. I think I think there's uh, we can with least I think two guys who probably could have made it on there. You might be able to argue for one or two guys to move up, but I think this is just about where Utah State is as far as what you can comfortably predict. I definitely think there's a lot of potential for Utah State to have some guys really move up there. The problem is a lot of their new playmakers and things like that are guys who. You know, the transfers or their guys who are stepping into a bigger role where maybe you're not quite as comfortable sticking them really high on, you know, preseason list like this. Yeah, I, I think the biggest one for me that stood out was Cobbs as a fourth teamer. Uh, but w- we saw him in practice here. Like, we, we know what he looks like here, but the people at Athlon don't know that. Uh, I think he's going to be at least a second teamer when this is all said and done in the Mountain West. But I think a Johnny Carter's probably on that fringe, probably should have been recognized and wasn't. Uh, Patrick Joyner Jr., another one who got left off that probably could have been looked at. Yeah, th- those are the two biggest ones where they kind of fit the mold as guys who might make the third or fourth team because, you know, if you look at their stats, they aren't overwhelming for last season, but they were good, and they're going to be potentially stepping into bigger roles this season, especially Joyner. Like you have Justin Rice, Nick Henninger, and Marcus Moore who were all – big guys in that front seven joiners the you know one of the top men to replace that production in the front seven on the defensive line so he's probably the bigger one for me because he he's going to be the big guy he had seven and a half tackles for loss three sacks last year those numbers are going to increase with a bigger role and obviously development he's he's a sophomore last year so he's going to you know he's going to develop more and he's going to take on a bigger role he could be a guy that jumps maybe as high as second team maybe could have been recognized in this preseason on probably the fourth team. And like I said, Johnny Carter's another guy. He had three picks last season, and he might be getting more snaps this season, either maybe at cornerback or safety. So he could end up increasing his production, maybe end up on the, you know, on the end of season, you know, all Mountain West. Uh, 9310 texting in, I don't think Quazel White's on the team anymore. Uh, I got to double check on that. That sounds familiar. I will double check on that. We'll find that out. That's awkward. Uh, <laughs> it's on the team, and he's not even on the. He's on the Athlon team, All Mountain West first or second yeah. team, but uh, he isn't even on the. Uh, they the they squad. might have done their research there because, like, I'm pretty sure the way they do this. I know Phil Steele. He just talks to a bunch of coaches because, I mean, how else are you going to learn about these guys? There's no film on yeah. any of them, so he right. just, they talk to like all the coaches and they kind of make, you know, try and make judgments and obviously they they look into it because there's something available for a lot of these guys but some returning production and yeah. things like that like how are you supposed to place brian cops like a lot of it is hype and some of it is you have to watch him in spring practice which how on earth are they going to get someone from athlon down to utah state spring practice and also san diego state and such other team and, you, yeah. and on and on for you know 150 division one programs uh, 1570 veering off topic a little bit to our previous discussion. The NBA has star treatment for sure. That's my biggest issue with the NBA. People who don't think star treatment is a thing are blind. A foul should be a foul, and a travel should be a travel, no matter who the player is. Just call the game straight up. 
A travel in the NBA is when you take seven steps in a row. <laughs> I think that's a new rule. Or when it looks bad. Hon and honestly, from my experience as a ref, travels are so hard to call because you're just like, oh, that looked like a travel. <laughs> that can be bad. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press with some uh, additional thoughts. Stay with us. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. This is Ryan, my mattress. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with online bed-in-a-box mattresses. If value is the combination of price and quality, these beds are not a good value. They cost about $1,000 and they last about three years. That's not a very good ratio. At my mattress, you can get a $799 Sealy Posture Pedic that will last you 10 plus years. The best value is at my mattress. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring. West Point Dairy Products has been manufacturing high-quality butter for over 25 years in Cache Valley. They're currently expanding and want you on their growing team. West Point Dairy Products offers competitive wages for entry-level positions starting at $18 per hour, full benefit packages, double time on Sundays, a $2,000 sign-on bonus, and tremendous opportunities for growth. For immediate consideration, call Express Employment Professionals at 435-213-9595. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Napa Auto Parts have got the items that you're looking for. The parts that you need, use, and rely on every day, plus some of those that can be hard to find. They got it in stock when you need it at their five locally owned Preston and Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. Busy show today, covering a lot of different topics. Yeah, it's almost, there's almost not enough time. Cut down to an hour, and that wasn't enough just for today. <laughs> I know. Uh, one thing that we haven't discussed, and we'll close the show out, um, this was a special moment that took place uh, this past weekend. I don't understand a lot of what they say over the PA, but we'll let you catch the drift. That, that was the local lacrosse tournament? Ah, uh. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, J.C. Carroll officially retires. Uh, now, he's been in the area for a little while, uh, for the last several months, but uh, officially uh, this weekend spent time with Real Madrid, and uh, there was a nice on-court ceremony where he was there with some members of his family and his team, 
and uh, recognized for his many years of success with Real Madrid and playing professionally in Europe. Yeah, I believe uh, I think 13 seasons in Europe. Uh, most of those with Real Madrid, I think I'm trying to do math here. I'm looking at all the different rows, and that's, I think, eight. No, it's really confusing looking at international stats because there's like multiple seasons on different rows or same seasons on different rows. But, you know, long, long Europe career and uh, obviously a great college career. Hell. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. By now, it's no secret the Warriors revolve around Steph Curry. He's a two-time MVP, a talented scorer, and a tendency to show up in big games. But he didn't shoot particularly well last night, but still contributed 29 points, made some big shots in the third quarter. Golden State struggled to get any offense going in the first half, but Curry's play was just enough to keep the Warriors within striking distance. The second half was a different story. Golden State outscored the Celtics by 21 in the third, and then when the team needed somebody to put the game away, Curry delivered at both ends. After eight All-Star appearances, three titles, two scoring titles, there's no doubt Curry is one of the best players of all time. With such a vocal leader in Draymond Green, Curry's leadership is often overlooked. But Curry's performance last night is proof that there's a lot more that goes into leading a team than just being the most vocal player on the floor. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.